Welcome back to Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. As always, I am Jack, and this is episode 69, insert crude joke here. Um, so, as always, I'm joined by Calvin. No beard tonight. He's um, abandoned us for the darts, uh, you hearts bastard. So, uh, <laughs> just, just Calvin joining me tonight. So, how are you, Calvin? I'm doing fine, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's been busy the day. I went out voting in the council election, then... Uh, I was um, doing my East German football podcast, so it's been a busy day. So this episode, we're just going to preview um, a double header against Aberdeen um, this weekend. Both the men and the women are in action against uh, the sides of the North East, the sides of the Granite City, both at home as well. Um, men taking on Aberdeen at Easter Road and the women taking on Aberdeen at the Spaghetti Hard. But before we jump into previewing that, of course, we had two pieces of transfer news. Um, from both teams as well. So the first one is obviously Chris Mueller um, has departed the club on a free transfer and has gone back stateside to Chicago Fire. So very quickly, Calvin, what was your sort of reaction to that? I was shocked, mate. I was I was absolutely shocked. I was really disappointed. And I think I was disappointed because I think there's a player in there. I, I'd, I'd definitely like to have seen him <clears throat> maybe got a pre-season under his belt and couple of um, cup matches and all that and, you know, see if he could really make his stamp on the team after he'd settled a bit. Um, I feel really let down. I feel like we'll probably let a good one go. Although it seems like, from what I've seen, you know, he probably wanted to go as well. Um, I thought Hibs were quite brutal in, in their statement saying that he hadn't managed, although he trained very hard, he couldn't adapt to the physicality of Scottish football in, uh, in the pace of the game. So I thought there was no, there was definitely um, shots fired there and I felt that was quite quite uh, maybe a bit disrespectful um, to Chris, but at the same time, it probably was pretty average from what we've seen in the um, in a short time with us, but I don't think we've ever seen him get out of second gear. I don't think he ever really showed us what he could do, um, which is why I would have liked to have held on to him a little bit longer. What's your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I think for me, you could tell, like, every time I watched him play, you could tell he was just struggling to adapt to the sort of pace and the physicality game of the game here, it's very difficult mm. to come from the AMLS to Europe in general, not just the Scottish Premiership. You have know, watched lots of players you know, come from the MLS into the Bundesliga um, in particular, and they struggle. You know, like Brooks is an example at Wolfsburg. He's just not adapted well at all. Adams at um, RB Leipzig, he's sort of struggled to sort of get his um, foot in the door there. So I think the problem is, is it takes a long time from players to the US to adapt to the game in Europe. And mm. I just don't, it means anyway, um, obviously women's football is a different kettle of fish because the USA is a world leader, but I think the men's football, yeah, it, it, it is a difficult, cult, it's adapting to the culture over here as well. I just think Chris struggled a bit. You could tell he was maybe a bit homesick. I would have given him a pre-season. I think with a pre-season, yeah. you know, some confidence, but, you know, the League Cup group stage would have been ideal for him, I think. The yeah. um, Premier Sports Cup group stage would have been ideal for him, just to you know, get minutes in his legs and, Maybe just get his confidence up. Better confidence. Yeah, that's it. And I think, but I think obviously the club of and him have both agreed that it was the best move for um, all parties. Really, you know, from the club side of it, it frees up a wage at the end of the day because we were paying him quite mm -hmm. substantial wages. And at the end of the day, if he's homesick and he wants to go back to playing in the US, I think Chicago's closer to where his family are as well. Aye, that's his hometown team. That's where he's from, Chicago. So yeah, so that's it. It makes sense for me, I and mean, it's unfortunate. And maybe it seems a bit like brutal, especially like at, at the time it's come mm. at. But it, it happened. A few. I wish Chris all the best. He was a lovely lad to speak to. You know, I spoke to him after yeah, the Aberdeen the game, um, after um, the Aberdeen game just before Christmas. Lovely lad to speak to. You know, a, clearly a very motivated young man that 
loves playing football and I wish him all the best back home. That's all I've got to say there. And unfortunately, it didn't work out, but we'll be thankful mm. that goal he got us at Arbroath. You know, that sort of settled the nerves a bit. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he'd been to the Christian Dodge School to finish in for that one, uh, tapping. But uh, I think, yeah, I wish him all the best. And uh, couldn't say a bad word about him as a person because he was a lovely guy to speak to. So, yeah, um, mm. on the opposite side of that, though, one American leaves, but another one joins Hibs women. Um, Crystal Thomas um, signed on a pre-contract deal. She's her come over in the summer. Uh, signed up from Orlando Pride, um, which is a women's MLS team, a women's US Women's Soccer League, they call it, uh, mm. team. And she's been capped by the USA at youth level, also played for Washington Spirit. So, obviously, Hibs women, Calvin, um, have got some players tied into contracts. Now, this big new signing in the form of Crystal Thomas, who's had that experience over in the USA. So, what was your reaction to that signing? I was pretty surprised that they brought another American over, if I'm honest with you. Um, it just shows you that we're looking in that market, we're looking further afield. And I think Dean um, spent a bit of time in America coaching as well uh, at colleges and things. He, he mentioned in, a, in an interview I've heard him say before. So I think that he's obviously wise to that. And I wonder if Alexa maybe had to be hand and maybe maybe she'd played against her or something like that in, in, in one of the games or... Uh, they might know people from the college system and imagine all these coaches talk as well. And, you know, it's maybe inspired her to see how well sort of Alexa's done as she's came over here, settled in pretty well, had an impact on the team. And, you know, like you say, there's been a lot of people who have done well at having a woman and went on to, you know, uh, greener pastures and bigger and better things. So maybe that's uh, the route she's maybe looking for. But no, I'm, I'm definitely excited that she's on board, mate. <clears throat> and I would also say... That Orlando Pride team she's playing for as well. That's a good team. But I, I'm almost certain it was Claire Emsley that played, uh, had a wee stint at them. Yeah, she did. Uh, and, you know, she she's had a good career as well, Scotland regular. So I think uh, it's a high level we're recruiting from. And I think that's just what we need. We need more of those qual like quality in all aspects of the pitch, especially when we're coming up against the three Glasgow clubs. Yeah, so no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what she can do. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and obviously, she's joining um, Leanna Hines, the Trinidad and Tobago internationally signed as well. Um, but I think, yeah, Crystal, she's a really exciting player. Um, I've managed to find some uh, tapes when she played at Washington Spirit. Looks to be really good on the ball, really quick, um, which is what we need. I think we need that bit of pace because Alexa's not got, not quite got that. So we need that just sort of that extra bit of pace up front, I think. So to be fair, that's some front three. Uh, Crystal Thomas, Ailey Adams and Alexa for next season. I would love to see that. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 an exciting signing. And, and ve I agree with you, mate. It's big things ahead for Hibs in next season. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's a lot going on behind the scenes and I think it's going to be an exciting season next season. We're making some big signings and we're getting yeah. our big performers like Leah Eddy and Mickey Macaloni down on uh, professional contracts as well. So, I think it, it, big, big, big things ahead next season and I'm, I'm really, really excited for it. So we'll now move on to um, the Aberdeen game. Um, so from exciting times at Avernian Women to not so exciting times at the men's team, basically this game means nothing apart from, well, hopefully get three points. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously this game means nothing. We're, the, the, we are where we're going to be in terms of the league now. Um, so Calvin, heading into this one, what are your just sort of thoughts? Obviously Aberdeen, We've lost both times we went up to Pitt-Audrey, but we've beaten them at Easter Road. We beat them at Easter Road 1-0. And we have quite a good record against Aberdeen at Easter Road recently. So do you think that sort of good record against Aberdeen and their poor form recently is going to help us out in this game? 
I wouldn't necessarily say so, no. I think it'll be more of the same from Hibs. I don't think it'll be an exciting match. Uh, I'm not particularly looking forward to it. I do think Hibs will lose this one. I think Aberdeen will just have a wee bit more physicality all over the pitch, and I think they'll probably take, I mean, 18 shots on target last week and not taking any. doesn't give you any sort of hope going into this game or any give you sort of any indication that, you know, we might, we might have a goal in us. Uh, whereas I feel like Aberdeen could probably nick something. I feel like that big Ramirez boys maybe just got a wee bit about them. You know, obviously Lewis Ferguson's a good player as well. And I just look over at our team and I just see holes everywhere. I just don't. I just don't think the team's up to scratch. And I think a lot of them. Um, <clears throat> I think there'll be a big shake-up during the summer, and I think a lot of them know that. So you'd think that would spur them on to have a good, you know, stint or the good, good uh, sort of couple of good performances leading up to the end of the season but I haven't seen that from them pretty much all season a lot of the players so I don't know why this week would be any different if I'm honest with you I think it'll be pretty negative football I think it'll be more of the same I don't think it'll be very creative I don't think I think there'll be chances um so yeah yeah that's my thoughts mate yeah, I've got to agree with you. I think it, it's, it's not going to be a nice game to watch, I don't think. Um, I, to be honest, like Aberdeen, for them, they've obviously just want to salvage as high a league finish as they can because a club like Aberdeen shouldn't be in the position. They were in a club mm-hmm. the size of Aberdeen shouldn't be in the position they were in this season. So I think, it was all for, I think for Jim Goodwin, it's all about getting good results towards the end of the season so he can build mm-hmm. on something for next season. And obviously, Hibs and Aberdeen in the past, obviously, it's a big it's a big fixture in the past, two big clubs. So I think for, for Aberdeen, they're going to want this more. They've struggled at Easter Road recently, so they're going to want a win. I think they're going to want it more than us. I mean, for our, for our players, I just think, I think some of them are on their holidays already, to be honest. So they just don't care. And I think there's yeah, that. Yeah, which is surprising. Really I think, surprising. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, do you think some players will be wanting to prove themselves so that they don't get the axe? Because what happened with Mueller should be sending out the message that I know that was sort of his decision as well, mm-hmm. but it should be sending out the message that nobody's safe. You know, when a, when the new manager comes in, there's going to be a massive rebuild. You know, you're, you, you've got to prove that you you deserve your place in the team for me. Mm-hmm. And you should be using these games to do that. As much as they don't mean anything to the league position, you should be using them to try your best to prove to whoever the new manager is why you should be in the team. So I don't, I don't think anybody should be safe to me. None of these, none of these players for me are, are safe in their positions. Or hardly any of them. <clears throat> they need yeah. to prove that they deserve that because the new manager is going to make new signings. Obviously, to bring in the players that they want, and that's going to that's obviously going to replace some of the underperformers we've had this and the underachievers we've had this season. So you should be using a big game like Aberdeen to because even though it's no big in terms of circumstances, it's still a, it's still two big clubs going head to head for me. So you've got to use that to. Mm-hmm you know, prove that you're deserving of the jersey and deserving of a place in the team for me. That's about it. But I think we're going to see an apathetic performance. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of apathy in the stands as well, to be honest. You know, I think a lot of the fans, and I know yourself and Charlie are included. I mean, I can't really be like this, but I know yourself and Charlie just don't don't care anymore, essentially. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I, a bit, I I'm a bit bored with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's just, it's it's been... You know, going and going uh, with expectations and hope, and just getting the same result every time, and it's boring now. Mm. And it's the same. I mean, Mal- Maloney, as much as he probably should have got a wee bit more time, like the football he was playing was just the same stuff week in week out, and it was it was it was eye bleeding stuff. You went there was no results, there was no end product, 
no results, nobody's stepping up, and it's, it's a really difficult when it's something you care about so much, like I care about him so much, and I love him so much, and I want him to do well, and it's like people are wearing that jersey, and I seriously would question them, I would question, I mean, you've not got a hard job, you've got the best job in the world, do you know what I mean, like, exactly. you're going out on a Saturday to play football, like, put in a shift, man, is it, is it that, is it that, is it really that hard to ask? Do you know what I mean? Be brave. Be brave on the ball. There's nobody on that team that's brave in the ball that can put their foot in the ball and, you know, carry the ball forward 10, 15 yards and try and make a positive pass or try and have a shot. It's sideways and back the way and negative and half-hearted tackles, half-hearted attempts to win the ball. Um, you know, no, nobody's standing up and taking accountability, but it's the same stuff we've been talking about for about six months, seven months now. It's boring. Yeah. It's really boring. It just seems right now, this moment in time, just a really poorly run sports club. Yeah. Seems like a really, really poorly run sports club. And you know what? It might have to go through this sort of sticky patch. Um, there's a wee episode 69 joke for you. <laughs> might have I'm to go through this wee, this wee sticky patch so that we can come out the other side and, you know, maybe a couple of years we'll look back and say, do you know what? Like, we might be able to look take a step back and see the changes that have been implemented but right now there's like a lot of hiring and firing and it, look, it, it looks really poor on the board like and I also I almost feel like we as fans have been lied to yeah I sort of get it feels, feels very from. dishonest and I feel yeah. like the, the relationship it's like all showing you what they're doing with the left hand but you've no idea what they're doing behind their back with the right hand it's, exactly. it seems very seems very um, I don't know just just Someone will think of the phrase, it's escaped my mind, but yeah. what are you going to add, mate? So I was going to say is, I think, like, some of our greatest moments as a club have come out of adversity. So obviously, mm. when we won the League Cup in 1991, literally the year before, we could have went we could have went bust, not Wallace Mercer tried to buy us out. Mm-hmm. When we won the um, League Cup in 2007, that was against a backdrop of a lot of, like, dissent in the dressing room. Um, against John Collins and everything. And then when we won the Scottish Cup in 2016, look at everything that had preceded that. You know, mm. the relegation, we bottled the playoffs, we bottled the League Cup final before that. So I think a lot of, like, big moments for us come out of it. But look at it. You know, we, we, we had our best league season in 16 years last season, and that was in the middle of a pandemic. So mm. I think, like, I think our best moments come out of adversity. It's the most Hibs way of doing it, that you're going to make the fans tear their, hairs, tear their hair out, and then we'll, we'll go and have a good season. I'm not, by any means, I think, there's a lot needing done if we want to have a good season next season. Um, and I, I, I agree with you that, and I've said this before, I'm trying to buy into the, the vision that Ron and Ben are selling, but I can't really do it. You know, like like you said, it, it, we've been told one thing and then we've no been, we're not getting what we've been told. We get a version of it, but it's not what they promised, if you see what I mean. We, we only get like a version of what they it's getting hard to put two and two together, mate. I would say, like, yeah. just just what you're saying. We get, we do, we get a version of it. We got a version of it. So moving on to obviously line up, you know, Sir David. For me, I'll get your thoughts in a minute, Kelvin. But for me, it's going to be. I just think it's going to be the same. I mean, yeah. What can what can you do? What can you do with it? We've got we've got the players we've got. You can maybe start Jasper and have his directness. I don't know. To me. The line, I think the lineup's going to stay relatively the same because we're, we've not got the players to drastically change it. I think I've got to say though, I think Delferia, the Belgian young Belgian lad, I think he deserves a chance. You know, and I'm going to say that now that he's an exciting young player, and I've seen how well he was engaging with the fans at the um, open training session. I've seen that on social media, and I think 
to me, he gets the club, Del Ferrer. And I think if, if it's it's towards the end of the season, you've got to give the lad a chance. I think he, he's got that pedigree that he's come from having a good season with Standard Liège. He had a good start to his career at Standard Liège. He's come in here, he's regularly been in the Belgium youth setups. And unlike Rocky, he's got a bit more experience at playing at a higher level. Standard Liège is one of the best teams in Belgium. And he's yeah. actually like played first-team football with him. Whilst Rocky played some first-team football with a middle-end side in Belgium, then went to Norwich and got stuck in the Premier stuck in the Premier League B later under-23s. So I think Del Ferrier actually has more experience. And also, I think Renard Hauger deserves a shot as well. I think yep, I would say that. Hauger, I've liked, I've liked um, the look of him, but I don't think I don't think we're going to see that, but I'd like to see that because at the end of the day, it's nearly the end of the season. You've just got to give these lads a chance. Like Hauger has got bags and bags of potential. I think Hauger's a more exciting player than Melkerson, if I'm being honest. I've seen more out of Hauger than I have for Mel. Okay, Melkerson scored those goals against Motherwell, but I think I've seen more out of... I, I like Hauger's work rate. I like Hauger. Hauger's more physical. Melkerson gets bullied whilst Hauger... And that's the thing I've got to say is I think Melkerson will get bullied by Aberdeen. Um, right. Whilst Hauger... Hauger isn't afraid to get stuck in. Saw it against Dundee. Saw it when he came on against St. Johnson. He's not afraid to get stuck in and just sort of... Um, get involved in the game and make those nasty tackles or get involved in those physical situations. So I'd like to see how you and the Felier get a chance because they're two young lads that I think have got huge futures and you just a big big game like or a big club like Aberdeen. That that's the that's the perfect test for them, I think. So I'd like to see those two lads get a chance. But I don't think Dave Sir David will uh, drastically change the lineup up because he can't. He's not really got room for manoeuvre um in that. So what are your views on the sort of lineup situation? Yeah, I like your point about Hauga. I'd like to see Hauga. I think Hauga's got a lot of energy about him. Yeah. From what I've seen, he's, he's really energetic. And I wonder, you know, I my dad used to always say whenever Zumama and uh, Benji were on the pitch at the same time, they made each other better, just with that sort of understanding. I wonder if he'd maybe make Milkerson better. Uh, and you know what? He looks like the type of player, like I was just saying earlier, you know, we've not really got anyone that can put their foot on the ball and try and drive forward and make things happen. Uh, he seems like a really positive player. He seems like he needs to be reined in a wee bit, like some of his tackling and that, and uh, I think it was introductions at Motherwell away we were or something. He was um, he was a little bit um, coarse with his uh, his tackling and things like that. So he'd need to rein that in because going by our discipline this year, it's not been great. But uh, I don't know much about Del, the, um, the Delphair guy. Um, uh, that's more the... the uh... Football nerd than me coming out that I'd, I'd actually seen him for standard age before. And I, like I think it makes teams. sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense, mate, because if we've got these players here, and Hibs are quite notorious for having players on the in the squad, but never ever using using them, never utilizing them. Like, I'd, I'd quite like to see him. I that would be good. That'd be really good. Uh, the team, I think, what he's got just to see the season out. He knows we're safe, and I think that's where he'll keep it. Uh, I don't really see much room for the likes of um, Connor Young or anything like that. Any of the young guys coming in, uh, I just don't. I just don't think we'll do it. I just don't think we'll do it. Nah, the other thing is they've got a league title to be focusing on winning. The under mm-hmm. the under eighteen, if if they win two more games, I think it is they could win the league. So right. I think if I was that young lad, it's get sat on the bench against a game that the senior team are probably going to lose, or start in a game that could potentially win as a trophy. With under 18s, I think I know what I'd be choosing if I was your Connor Young or your, you know. So I, I, I definitely think, um, absolutely. 
I think David knows that as well because David works very closely with Steve Keen in the academy setup, and I think he knows that those young lads want to focus on that league title, and so they should. You know, they've put in an amazing shift in the under-18s league, and I think they they win that league. That could be detrimental to their league campaign if you start taking lads out to make up the numbers um, for a senior match. I think you're right. So I'd leave them to focus on the league. I wouldn't touch them because I've got a league title to contend for. Um, and I just think it's too late in the season to be giving these young lads a chance. Well, you give them a chance like the League Cup group stages at the start of next season for my, for my money. So that brings us to our sort of end of our sort of segment discussing the men's game. Um, so, Calvin, I'll very quickly get a score prediction from you. <clears throat> um, mate, I'd have to say one, one or two nil Aberdeen. I don't feel confident at all. So I'll, I'll, say, I'll say one nil Aberdeen. And before I get mine out of the way, Charlie sent in his score prediction. He said 2 0 Aberdeen. Uh, I'm going to go and say it's going to be a boring 0 0. Because I think I think Aberdeen has struggled for uh, goals this season as well. So I think it'll be a 0 0. We'll cancel each other out and um, it'll be a 0 0 draw. So we'll now move on to uh, the second of our Aberdeen games this weekend. Of course, uh, Hibs women are taking on Aberdeen after a somewhat disappointing draw against Botman League Hamilton. Our record against Aberdeen women this season is we've played them three times, um, we've beat them twice and we've lost once. So we beat them 1-0 in the league at home, we beat them 2-0 away in the League Cup quarter-final and then we lost 1-0 away in the league the last time we played them. I think, in, in term, Calvin, I'll get your thoughts first. In terms of a game, do you think this is the one when the girls should be winning confidently or do you think they'll struggle after a sort of patchy form, you know, we had that 5-0 loss to Rangers, we then lost to Partick Thistle in the Cup, and then we've just you know, dropped two points against Hamilton as well, and the race for fourth, you know, we could, we could if we drop more points, end up in fifth so do you think this is a game that Aberdeen because Aberdeen are behind us in fifth right now so this is sort of an important one, do you think we'll struggle or do you think we'll um, put on a performance against Aberdeen? It's quite a hard question, mate, because the women's team have been so sort of flaky this year. Um, it's the games that you think they'll probably struggle in, uh, like maybe the semi-final against Celtic and things that they've actually done really well in. Um, so it's kind of hard to call. I feel like the it's definitely a game that the women should be winning, especially if they're looking to build upon, uh, you know, have a better season next year. They should be building towards that. So, of course, they should be winning this game without question, but They've slipped up a few times this year. Uh, however, I think I think they should have enough to see it out. And hopefully, you know, Dean making the moves to bring in um, uh, girls from further afield and players from sort of different countries will make people want to actually fight for their position. Um, so that's my sort of thoughts, mate. What's your thoughts? I think it's going to be a difficult game. Obviously, like when we played when we played Aberdeen the three times before, they've all been tight games, and I think. We really, really struggled against them in that game we lost. And they're a good side, Aberdeen. You know, they came up as league champions from the SWPL2 and they've had a really, really good season. You know, they've taken points off the sort of top clubs and they've, they've been a, not an easy team to play at all. And I think when you're considering a newly promoted side, them finishing fifth's not bad at all. Or them sitting yeah, it's really good. not bad at all for a newly promoted team. Um, and they've got a lot of good players. Obviously, we've got Jenna Penman from there. So they've got a, they've got a good sort of mix of youth and experience in the squad. Aberdeen, they've got a really good manager as well, um, Hunter, and I think they, they've been really, really solid. Aberdeen, they're a hard team to break down. And I just don't think we do too well against teams like that. So if it's a quite, say it's a team that's quite open, 
like you know Spartans, or we did. We even though we've been beat by Celtic, we we actually some of our best performances have come against Celtic, even though we've lost against them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're good with a team that likes to be open and attack, teams that like to sort of stay back and keep solid. We seem to struggle against, we struggle against these physical sides. I mean, the only team we have a complete set of wins against this season in the league is Hearts, which is, there's an interesting yeah. start for you. That's the only team we have a complete set of wins against in the league. So played them three times and we beat them three times, um, which is, up feeds into natural order, obviously. But I think that's it. You know, teams like Hearts and Celtic and Spartans that try and be more open with the ball, and then obviously we do well against second and third division teams. We, you know, we've been hitting double figures past some of them in the Cups. But I think for me, it's going to be a tough game. Aberdeen are like a really, really solid, compact unit as a side. And they've also got quite a bit of attacking threat. So it's going to be difficult for us. But I think the girls can do it. I think the games that I always think, oh, is this going to be the game that we sort of struggle against? You know what I mean? If it's just going to be the game where we struggle and we tend to do really well. And like, remember when we went to the Motherwell game and I sat and said, This is going to be a difficult game. More 4 0 up at half time and ended up winning 7 0. I think it's going to be like that. I'm going to go, Aberdeen are going to be, make it really difficult for us and we'll end up absolutely hammering them. It's, that's just what we're like. But I think we have been inconsistent this season. We'll go from beating Motherwell 7 0 one week to then losing to Partick Thistle in the cup the next week you see what I mean that's so, why why it's so hard to call me that's why I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm so, trying to think what, what, I'm, what I'm going to see because I'm, I have no idea what we're going to see for the girls to be honest with you exactly it's a game that could genuinely go either way I think mm-hmm. it could either be we'll put in a, the performance of a lifetime and we'll end up winning big like we did against Motherwell or we'll sort of stutter to a scrappy win like one or two nil or Aberdeen will win I think that's the way it's going to go, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it's a game we should win. On paper, we should win. But after that Hamilton game, you look at it and some of our frailties have shown, and I agree with you, with these new players coming in, again, a bit like the men's team, players have got to be fighting for their spaces in the squad. The other thing is, is it's not it's not just that. There's professional contracts up for grabs as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's, not just, um, you, it's not just you've got a place to earn in the squad. It's you've got a con- There's potentially a contract going to be on the table for you. If you perform well, you're going to actually get on a professional contract. So I think for a lot of the girls, there's a lot to prove. And for the girls that have signed contracts as well, they've got to put in their performances to prove that they're worthy of that, if you see what I mean. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. So very briefly, Calvin, what do you think Dean's going to do lineup-wise? I think he'll stick with pretty much what he's done all year. Um, I think maybe the, the thing he's changed most has probably been the goalkeepers this year, but... I think we'll see pretty much the same as we did last year. I think, sorry, last game, I think it'll be English and goals. And then from there on out, I think it'll be more the same. Just the same 11, mate. Yeah, for me, I'd, I'd, what sort of frustrated me was Emily got put in for the party game and kept a clean sheet and had a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. And any time Emily's been called in, she's been brilliant, I think. Um, and then we brought Gabby back for the Hamilton game and... The, the equaliser was her their equaliser was her fault directly mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. you, you, you give Emily a chance was going towards the end of the season the girl's a good young goalkeeper and goalkeepers don't hit their peak you know I'm going to I'm going to say this now one of the best women's goalkeepers in world football um, Almut Schult the old Germany goalkeeper she's approaching retirement now she didn't hit her peak until she was in her early 30s and Emily's only about 21, 22 so she's got years and years and years of her career you've got to develop a young goalkeeper <clears throat> you've got to play them to develop them so I'd like to see Emily I think Ailey picked up a knock against Partick so she still might be out 
Right. I don't think I'd start Rosie because she struggled. She did end up coming into the game, but I don't think starting a young player against a team like Aberdeen, who are very physical and are very well-drilled, would be the most sensible choice. I think bring Rosie off the bench, by all means, and sort of use her as an impact sub. I think I'd start Kirsty Morrison. I'd like to see Rhea be given an opportunity. No, in fact, Rhea's, um, Rhea's can't play in that game. I think midfield, your usual, Shannon McGregor, Mackey. So yeah. really, I think the only change I'd make is Kirsty Morrison over Rosie, because I don't think Ailey is maybe quite recovered to that knock, and I don't think Joelle's got a full 90 in her anymore right. by, by what I've seen. So I think it'll probably be Ellis and Shivers, your um, sort of back, your two centre-halves, with Leah, Eddie playing in defensive midfield, sort of in front of them, protecting them, which I think Leah's sort of grown into that role really, really well, because Leah's good at driving forward. Um, so I'm a bit like a Marvin Bartley figure in the team, I think, now in terms of where she sort of sits in the pitch and what she does. So I think that's it. Line-up-wise, I don't see many drastic but I'd like to see Emily and Kirsty come in to replace Gabby and Rosie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it for me, line-up-wise. So very briefly, Calvin, I'll get a score prediction from you. Uh, oh. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Well, that's the mm-hmm. same as Charlie. Charlie sent in his Oh, did he? 1-1. One, one. So I'm going to say 2-0 Hibs, and I'm going to say it's Alexa and Kavanagh to get the goals. So we'll now move on to my Hibs quiz. So, Calvin, I'll be testing your knowledge. Are you, are you ready? Aye. Right. I can't so, believe we're just a quiz of two years, but let's do it. I'll try my best. Right, let's do it. Okay, so number, we'll see how many you can get. Right. Number one, what was the final score on aggregate when Hibs beat Faroese side NSI Runovic in the 2018 Europa League qualifying? Just a guess. Oh, Christ. Um, you might want to be quick because the meeting time's on the new Right, Runovic. Um, that was a creation team. That the one we brought, we brought them back to Easter Road. I'm going to say... Was it like 8-6 or something? It was 12-5 to Hibs. So, ah, the, the, Oh, I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of that. No, no, no. I remember. I, I remember we spanked, we spanked one of them. But I, I was thinking of the team that we brought back. Left behind the game, we came back to win it. Yeah, that was Asterisk Triplis. Asterisk Triplis, that's what I was thinking. So, Runevic, we beat them 6 1 at Easter Road and we beat them 6 4 in the Faroe Islands. Aye, that's right. Aye, I remember. Well, that was I, the game of the mad fog. So, question number two How many leaks are you currently on nil plus? How many League Cup finals have Hibs been to? Is it A, 7, B, 11, or C, 15? 11. You're correct. So you've got yeah, one point. So got one. League Cup finals, of which we've won three. So, Such a bad record, eh? That's <laughs> even worse than the Scottish Cup. Um, Must be the worst record in sports, man. Last of the <clears throat> men's questions. Who did Hibs reserves beat? to lift the 2018 Scottish Youth Cup? Was it A, Dundee United, B, Celtic, or C, Aberdeen? Celtic. I can reveal you're wrong. We beat Aberdeen 3-1 in the final and a certain Mr. Ryan Porches. Oh, oh yeah, I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen that on YouTube, actually. Yeah. You're right. Certain Mr. Ryan Porches scored in that game. And I think he was the captain as well. Um, so there we go. Now, so you've got currently one point heading into the Wait. women's questions. So... Which club did we sign Rachel Boyle from in 2016? Is it A, Aberdeen, B, 
St Johnston or C Forfar Farmington? Uh, Aberdeen. You are correct. We signed Rachel Boyle from Aberdeen in 2016. So you've got two points. Um, next question. So, question number five. Joel Murray's only international goal came in a friendly at Fourth Bank Stadium. Who were the opponents? Was it A, Germany, B, Northern Ireland, or C, Denmark? I'll say Northern Ireland. What a guess. Well done, you are correct. Is it? Yeah. I, I, I thought for, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think the other two would come all the way. Would you say Fourth Bank Stadium? I thought yeah. Northern Ireland probably might. That's yeah. my, no, literally just a stab in the dark there, mate. If we played a big team like Germany or Denmark, it would probably be like Easter Road or uh, Time. Aye, aye, that's what I thought it might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at Fourth Bank. So, yeah, beat Northern Ireland in that friendly, um, I think it was 3 0, and Joel scored her second goal. So that's our only Scotland goal, which, to be fair, for a defender, it's no bad getting an international good, yeah. goal. Which year? I think it was 20. No, I said that was good, mate. I said oh, that was sorry. good eye. Right, good eye. That is good. Right, that's miscommunication. No, it's your <laughs> quiz, mate. I'm not asking the questions. Right, so question number six, and the final question, you've got two out of five so far. What city in Florida is Gabby English from? Orlando? You're wrong. It's Miami. Gabby's from Miami. She You're played right, for she, Orlando. She played, she, played, she, played, she played for a Miami team, didn't she, for a while? She yeah. started out with a Miami team. I admit, I, I couldn't I I I quite say the name, but yeah, that does ring a bell. Gabby's from oh, Miami. 60, that's a good result, is it, no? No, wait, what was, the, what was the final score? Final score was three out of six. Six questions, two right. That's that's not do me. Hibs fifty percent average, average like Hibs. Aye, poor man. That was poor. So that was our usual little midweek episode. Um, you'll be able to join us on Monday as we discuss the results from that double header against um, Aberdeen. And until next time, folks. Glory, glory to the high bees. Hey!